What's going on guys? This is Nick at Nick German 20. This is your boy Aiden, aka Dama Doozy. And Nick at aka Moshacom Media. You guys are listening to Jordi Kanama Radio. Guys, uh, I am super excited for this podcast. I think I say that every single time when we do a podcast. <laughs> Um, because I am always excited. I love Kendama so much, but um, I'm extremely excited about this one because we have a very special guest um, on here that we've had in last season, but lots have changed since then. Um, a lot of things. I think it was probably like three or four years ago. So yeah, I'm super excited. Um, we got Chad Covington, owner of Soul Kendamas on here. What's going on, Chad? What's going on, everybody? Good to see you guys. And also, it's really great to be back on the the Georgia Kendama Radio. I guess last time we were in person at a coffee shop. Yeah, exactly. Which is which was so, so much fun. Coincidental that was really... now I think about it. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Yeah. Yeah, because one of the things we're going to talk about a couple things um, today, but one of the things I really wanted to talk about is uh is the whole coffee thing. I see you flexing the GT. Toshiba coffee cool. mug. Yeah, that is probably I the coolest this. kendama mug I can think of. <laughs> right here on the front for the listeners, it's it's got the uh, kendama and a mug clacking together on the mug, and then above it it says Daisuki, which means love. So, um, yeah, that that's a really cool cool little mug. And I was like, man, I would have bought the uh, it was GT and Tariba coffee in Tokyo uh, coffee shop and. The uh, the kendamas I loved, but um, you know a mug isn't one hundred and fifty dollars, so it was a little bit above my price range. But the the mug I was like, I'll spend you know thirty dollars, three thousand yen on a, a mug. So yeah, have you I ever for it? Yeah, had you been there before? Because obviously you've been in Japan, you know, tons of times at I this had, point. I had never been to Tariba Coffee, but I had been in in Tokyo. It, I think like. This would that would have made my fifth time. Um, it was in an area called Ginza, and one of the popular train lines is called the Ginza Line. I always, you know, take the Ginza Line like if I'm going to Shibuya from um, Sumida, which is the area I stayed in. It's East Tokyo. It's an older side of Tokyo, but um, I would always take the Ginza Line. I've never been in Ginza. Uh, part of Tokyo and so like Tariba Coffee is located there. I was like, oh cool. Like I know exactly where that is. I've never been. So it was a new experience for me. And um yeah, crazy thing about Tokyo is like well in the US, you know, you're driving to or from a city, you're like, oh there's downtown. You see it. There's skyscrapers. In Tokyo, if there's a three sixty downtown, like it's over there, it's over there, it's over there. Everywhere it looks like downtown. So that that's kind of it was a crazy thing the first time I saw it just skyscrapers everywhere for as far as you could see. Yeah, I've heard um, lots of people having trouble kind of navigating Tokyo just because of how much of a, a city it is up and down. There's not like great landmarks in lots of places. Um, I've heard it, so. If if you're not familiar, it it all kind of looks the same, you know. <laughs> so uh, luckily GPS works decently, and you know if you stop by a Seven Eleven, you got Wi-Fi. So. <laughs> 
that's all you need. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I, mean, I was lost. Go into a I, I got lost. I got lost. be like, I need times. that Wi Fi here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just kind of walk in, it's free and, uh, you know, easy to access. I, I definitely got lost a few times the first two weeks I was there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, 7 Eleven saved my life. I was like, oh, I was right around the corner and I, I didn't even realize it, you know. <laughs> So I'm I'm super curious. I've always been curious. And I don't know why we haven't had this conversation, even personally. Um, yeah. But what? So I, I know for a while you worked at a place called Chocolate Holler, right? Hollier. Correct. Hall. Yeah. I actually have a. I've got two mugs here. One's with coffee. One's just with hot water. But Chocolate Holler mug. <laughs> yeah. So Chocolate Hollers, obviously, they don't do. They're not necessarily like a, a cafe. They're a chocolate melting place like how does that work <laughs> it's really interesting yeah so uh when i was in college i had a part-time job 20 to 25 hours a week working at chocolate holler um this it, it's a a coffee franchise not a franchise it's a coffee brand um a cup of commonwealth bought magic beans coffee roasters and then started a chocolate sipping uh, a sipping chocolate shop called chocolate holler and so you have the, the coffee bean roasters that roasts for all of their cafes. You have just the coffee shop, which has food, and, you know, it's a bit more of a cafe. And then the sipping chocolate is more of, like, a dinner, like, after dinner spot or, like, a study spot. And, you know, we do the full-service coffee bar, but also offered, you know, high-end sipping chocolates, which were melted down from... Uh, you know, different regions, and I mean, each chocolate had its tasting note the same way that different coffee beans and espressos have different notes, you know. Some chocolate was really, like, fluorescent, or not fluorescent, um, <laughs> floral, floral. Oh, floral, that's the, okay. I went a little That'd too far cool there. Too. Neon green, yeah. Kool-Aid <laughs> chocolate. Oh, we no. could do it, man. I mean, if you want fluorescent sipping chocolates. Uh, but then they would also do, um, like, different hot chocolates, so... Um, yeah, just really kind of like a mocha, but without the coffee, um, for kids. So you could go in and you can get like, uh, we had one that was called the Elvis chocolate, peanut butter, banana into like a hot chocolate. So, I mean, it was just like uh sweet tooth paradise or chocolate lover's paradise. Yeah. And so that's kind of like where I started to learn a bit about coffee and appreciate good quality coffee over, you know, like the Folgers or, you know, instant coffee. Um, yeah, and so that's kind of for me when um, coffee became a thing, and I, I just learned a lot during that time. I had had some really great mentors in um, in that uh, that job. So, so it was basically like the the chocolate holler place is the place you're working at, but they also were owned by the same place that owns Magic Beans. Is that right? Correct. And then the idea with that was as a coffee shop, being able to supply and um, roast your own coffee just brings costs down. They also, ideally, it's like if they grow the roaster to a, a certain point, they're roasting for all the other coffee shops in their area. And so uh, that's kind of the goal there. And after I stopped working with them, I was like, man, I really, you know, I, I love the shop. It was, I only left because I took on Soul full time, so I couldn't, you know, it was just not not wise for me to. You're too busy in Shibuya. Half and half. <laughs> yeah, going to you know Ginza and uh, yeah, going to Tariba. <laughs> uh, but I I wanted to you know stay as involved as I could with them, and so I was like, oh, let's do a collaboration for coffee, and that's when the Soul Blend mm, came right. around. It was oh. uh, basically our way of you know trying to continue to work with Magic Beans and uh, Chocolate Holler, and so 
Um, yeah, we, we worked together on a, a blend, one of my favorites at the time. You know, it changes. It's kind of like, you know, how you might get, get on a certain type of food for a while, and you're just like, I, I am in love with this. And so um, right now it's the Costa Rica. That's, for me, that has been like my favorite. Before that, the espresso blend or like the, the Soul Rocket blend. Um, and uh, the Soul blend was my original like, oh, this coffee is so good. And so that's why we that's why we chose that blend in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aiden and Nick, have you had any Soul coffee? I no, have. no. I just saw oh. that there's a restock though. And <laughs> we did, now, we did restock. Now that now that I'm uh, home full time and my coffee comes from my house full time, I will be picking some up. But I've got Thank some you. other thing, other things I'd like to add to the cart that we'll get to later. You know, on the oh, on yeah. the Soul <laughs> website. So so I might. Del- delay my order until there's some restocking but yes i i'm eager to try it because i'm now a a big french press person so i kind of look for your recommendation i've been it's not great coffee but it's like a guatemalan blend and i french press it every day so i'd be looking at getting something i can grind up french press style and make that sort of matches those notes which which sole uh coffee that you've got on the site now should i look at Let's see. I'm trying to think. So I have them all, you know, listed on the website. I'm trying to think Guatemala. The Soul Blend may have Guatemala. Um, it's three countries that make up the Soul Blend. Um, and and for, for those of you listening, just a little bit of coffee knowledge. Um, so when you hear like a region that the coffee comes from, there's single origin coffee and then there's blends. So single origin might be Ethiopia or Mexico or... Sumatra, um, but a blend features multiple of those single origin coffees. So um, the Soul Blend, in particular, is Mexico, Guatemala, and Brazil. So we do have we do have a bit of a Guatemala in there. It's a medium roast, so um, pretty pretty well good with I think any brewing method. I really enjoyed the Soul Blend on French press a lot. Whenever, um, whenever that was my that was my favorite for a while. So, the the Soul Rocket Blend that's Mexico, Guatemala, Peru, and Ethiopia. So we have four, and it's more on the dark side. It's not completely dark, but it's it's kind of like eighty percent. Um, and so that one that one's definitely going to be a bit more um, bold to the taste. I feel like, but. Um, yeah, I, I would suggest Soul Blend for you. It's kind of a safe, you know, medium roast can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the first coffee, obviously I had, I think I've had almost all of, all of the magic beans, um, that you've, you've made. Yeah. Yeah. It, you've definitely had all of the, um, the collaboration blends. Cause we also just offer a lot of what they, they offer uh, single origin wise. And so, yeah. Yeah. As far as Sumatra, Mexico, the Ethiopia. Yeah, and I mean, and that that coffee isn't. I mean, aside from you know what they do with roasting, it's not going to be much different from you know another single origin Mexico. But their blends, you know, on a blend you can kind of mix together your own concoction, and uh, as a roaster, really stand out with your you know custom blends. So it was cool. It's Soul Blend we actually released at um, it was MKO at the time, um, but. It was kind of just to test it out and see, you know, I think we had 10 or 15 bags and they all sold out. I was like, all right, well, this is kind of a, I think that was a, you know, good enough <laughs> case study for me to say, like, we can carry coffee. And so now yeah, we offer I mean, it. I, when I saw that you had so. coffee, I was like, oh, well, I love good coffee. Um, I think, I think Kendama, as far as like more, more of the adult scene in, in the community, 
I think a lot of people are like, fairly into kind of niche things. And I feel like making really good coffee, um, not just like your average, like, you know, folders thing is yeah. kind of one of those things. I mean, I know for a while, Jake Weens, he was kind of like, he was, I think he was even making arrow presses at MKO one year for people. Like, he yeah, was. The whole, the whole, you know, uh, the whole get up on the apron and everything. Yeah. Um, and it's I just, cool. I mean, everything he does is yeah. full presentation style. I mean, it yeah. is like, you, uh, I think his first time selling coffee at a Kendama event, like not, not just, you know, he had some, like he was a barista. He was making coffee. It was Dama, Dama in the D probably four or five. I cannot remember the numbers at this point. There's, you know, events, events at this point starting to get big, but, um, he was, he had French press or arrow press as an offering at the GT booth. Uh, and he called it Jake's fourth cup. So yep. Kendama being big cup, small cup, bottom cup, your three cups. And then your fourth cup is the cup of coffee. I'm like, that's genius. He's like, it can also mean your fourth cup of coffee. I was like, Oh man, <laughs> let's hope not. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> I've never had four in a day. That's, Oh my God. I mean, I could barely like, I'll be honest competition morning. I do not drink coffee because it just makes those shakes 12 times worse. Yeah, I if I'm gonna have coffee, like for example, a battle, I love going to Nashville every year. Um, partially a because I get to see all the Kanama people, right? I get to see you. I get yeah. to see. I get to come up with Nick and Aiden and all the Georgia people there. Some of the Georgia people that don't always come to jams. It's awesome. Yeah. But also, I go there for the food and the coffee. Um, coffee, so many, so many options. Right. Yeah. So like, I'm I've really been into barista parlor up there. Um, it's just, it's kind of small chain. They have like three locations, and they're all extremely. They they they're high end, but they're not like crazy prices. Um, but I have a hard time not like getting one before competition day, so I always like make sure I get one like really early, so I can kind of get it out. That's definitely that's the move. You want to have it early in the morning. You make sure you're not you know competing until later on. You know, have a meal between it. Yeah, the barista parlor in Nashville. It was really cool because typically when you walk in a coffee shop, they have the bar and then the, the barista's backs are to the wall. In the barista parlor that I went to, again, that you said there were you know, multiple locations, the bar was in the middle and the, um, let's see, the not the lobby, but uh, you, know, you know, the area where you're, yeah, people are sitting all around the bar. And so they, they're essentially on a stage. It's kind of a performance um, everyone, uh, the employees were all again, like had the aprons and everyone's sleeves, 70, 30 rolled up their like forearms and everything was, da- everyone looked like Jake Weens at Dama in the D basically minus the GTs. <laughs> I, yeah, they're, you're, that's exactly right. They definitely like at the, at barista parlor, they definitely center everything around the coffee. I mean, like they even like strip down a lot of like what's on the counters around them. Yeah. So you can yeah, be able to see them, you know, pour, doing your pour over or how are they tamping your, um, your espresso shot or whatever. Um, they're really yeah. big into that, which, so I always, I always find myself doing coffee things when Kendama trips are involved. I yeah, think the same. I think the crossover makes a lot of sense. Like you mentioned Jake Weens. He's the most obvious to me other than the coffee talks that you guys are doing with Soul. Like the process part of coffee is so Kendama to me. It's like I've got four minutes while this French press goes. How many tricks can I get? Like, Or like 
the way you're talking chat about how you switch up the blend that you're getting like i'm gonna play my soul shape today and then i'm yeah. gonna play my one up later and then i'm gonna play akusa shape like it's just so similar to me the way we get into it and we collect and we've got our little things and we display it or and so i've i've loved that crossover in my life i'm a big espresso person too and the art of espresso is so fascinating to me and but then like walnut wood for some reason reminds me of espresso so i'm always buying walnut kendamas and so i I think there's like a huge crossover for the people that you also said niche interest nick and it makes me think of jake ween's knife clip that he posted on instagram and it's like we're into those weird little things we're those kind of people (laughs) where we get super hyper into a thing and and just love the crap out of it so can we get a coffee check on what everyone's drinking this morning you know, I'm, right. I'm drinking that Costa Rica on Aeropress today. Yeah. As I already said, I've got a Guatemalan blend. I couldn't tell you the brand, but it's a uh, French press. Nice. I have a, there's a, ro- a local roaster here um, in my hometown called Alma Coffee. So I have, uh, I have their, their medium roast. It's a blend. And I'm also, I'm doing a latte with some oat milk. Oh, nice. I have a, haven't busted out my espresso machine in a while, but now, now I'm tempted. Espresso craft. It is, yeah, and, and no uh, cheap at-home machine can do the justice. But I've got a, a decent enough one that works in a pinch. But better than like a, I don't know if you've used a mocha pot, like the stovetop ones. Yeah, those are, those are pretty. Those pretty I learned righteous. about those in Europe. Like I was in Italy, so that's like the best time to learn how to use oh, one of those. Absolutely. So authentic. That's when I got super into coffee. Was drinking mm-hmm. mocha pot stuff every morning, and that's like strong espresso. <laughs> a lot of it yeah. in a cup. You're like this is an odd experience, but yeah, I'm kind of hard in Italy to to just drink the mocha pot though, because like I don't know exactly where you were staying in in Italy, but for me it was like I could obviously the the apartment they gave us had a mocha pot there, right? I can make it every morning, but like if I literally walk down and go to my class. There was a cafe right there where for like yeah. 20 cents euros, I could get an espresso. So, so this this goes to oh. the, the coffee process part. So this part of the trip, I was staying at like a villa. So we were far away from everything. But I remember I was very early into Kendama and my goal was to get an around Europe in Europe. Oh, and I did so on like sick. a Chrome Deluxe half split that was like the slickest thing in the world, which doesn't matter for around the mahogany, Europe. right? Yeah. <laughs> yellow or orange and black half split. And I got my first around Europe windy as hell on this like villa that's beautiful shot. And I'll, it's such an ugly clip because it's such a Grom trick, but I'll probably never delete that clip because it's and around Europe and Europe, maybe the one time in my life I'll get that. And I'm pretty sure I was waiting on a mocha pot to, to bubble up while I was getting that clip. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, coffee, coffee and kendama, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, we have the collabs with, like, what what, uh, Ch- what Chad's making and Chad's the cup they're making even with GT and Toshiba. Um, I can't... Uh, and also, uh, uh, Moo Moo Coffee is funny. So, so I... Finished out my college career with a two-month study abroad, and it was an internship and uh, study abroad mixed together through Shamal, who works for Glokin, doing a lot of like website stuff, design stuff. He helps produce and run the Kanama World Cup live stream. 
Um, and he, he even coordinates with Fuji TV to, um, to broadcast it in Japan. And, uh, so I was working with him, uh, in 2018. That was my first time in Japan. Uh, first time going to Kanawa World Cup, all of that. And where I was staying was five minutes from this coffee shop, Mumu Coffee, which uh, they bought kendamas from us in 2014 when we first started. Completely, you know, unknowing to me, I was going to end up... They do. He had all, all kinds of brands um, in the window, and it's kind of like a local hub for kendama, coffee. People just come and hang out, talk. Um people just walk in with food that they've cooked and just start like, you know, say, Hey, do you guys want this? And like, everyone just kind of shares, uh, a bit of their day every single day at Moomoo coffee. I think he has Wednesday off, but every other day he's like doing something. So, um, you know, I, I knew there was a coffee shop in Japan that bought our Kanamas, uh, early on, didn't know where they were at until I, I was in Japan and found out I was literally walking distance from it. And so we kind of established such a good relationship after that. And um, he's really helped us a lot in Japan as far as, you know, growing and getting, you know, making soul kanamas more available in Japan. And and not not just, you know, a store carrying it. Like this is a, a, a coffee shop. And also, you know, he sells online, but this is like through somebody who shares the exact same values in kanama that we have. Uh, and so... I could not ask for a better person to partner with um, in Japan. And so Ayumu, the owner of Mumu, has really, really helped us. And that, you know, through that, like, we've had a collaboration Kendama. We, I've talked about, he has a roaster in Japan. Um, and I was like, I've talked about maybe getting some coffee from him to sell on our website too. But that one's a bit more uh, complicated. But Yeah, of course, because, you know, if you, if you have a bean that's roasted, you don't want it to, you know, wait too long before somebody gets yeah, it. Yeah, and the shipping costs, and uh, you know, he's he's got to buy, you know, he's got to buy the beans um, wholesale first, and so yeah, it's just almost goes through too many hands at that point. But um, yeah, really cool, really cool thing, just on on so many ends, how that kind of lined up, and um, yeah, it's really really cool thing. So yeah, you guys should go. I can. I'm imagining you and the owner of Mumu kind of like sitting at two espresso machines, going shot for shot, trying to like make a <laughs> make a really good soul espresso. <laughs> that would be so cool because he could ro- he roasts in the same building that he grinds, and then you know will brew the coffee, so he could do the whole thing right there. That'd be yeah, yeah. That's the best. That kind of setup for coffee is kind of the best thing to me. Um, so I mentioned the Alma coffee is what I'm drinking right now, but there's also one that's really close to me, like walking distance, called um, Cool Beans. Chad, uh, next time you're here, I'm gonna, I need to, I need to bring you there. But I feel like I've heard of it or seen it, because that sounds very familiar. You probably walked by it because it's in Marietta Square, which is really close to Kusa. Ah, um, yeah. And I think we were, I think. I don't know. It's it's the whole area right there is such a great film area that it's kind of hard not to go that go there if you're close to Kusa anyways, or if you're in yeah. kind of just there for um, Kanama stuff. But um, but they they roast literally maybe six feet from their bar. So mm. that that whole setup it just makes it the best. Like they have single origin beans come in, they roast it, they let it sit for twenty four hours to a week, depending on you know the type of roast, and then yeah. they pour it right into their espresso machines right there. And then obviously for me, 
living, you know, I guess a mile and a half from it. If I walk down there, I can grab a bag, boom, and I've so and I've cool. got as fresh as possible coffee. So it's hard it's, to beat that. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. But yeah, I, I really like what you said with how um, your a lot of your collabs have come with you kind of aligning with the people that you find interest in what they're doing too. Obviously with Mumu, you already love coffee. The fact that you found a really great coffee shop right there and just so happens that the guy that works behind the place is really awesome and is really about the community. Um, I mean, I think that's that's how great collaborations kind of come together. And I'm curious with, uh, I guess we're kind of switching over from coffee to the next subject, but is that kind of what happened with the round two Kendama? Did you kind of have like these ideals and you're just like, this makes so much sense or what happened there? Yeah, man, the story is so cool because, uh, and it's crazy because uh, it all revolves around that first trip to Japan in 2018. I was there for two months and uh, just a, a little reference for, so Sumida, where I was staying, is East Tokyo. And then Shibuya, which is where Catch and Flow is hosted. This is where uh, Harajuku, the fashion district, is in Shibuya. Um, it's a 45-minute train ride. It's West Tokyo. And this is kind of like New Tokyo, something. Um, Shibuya Crossing is kind of like the Times Square of <laughs> Tokyo. Um, and so uh, I was... Staying in in Japan for for two months, I have a friend. You guys uh, may know him, TJ Harris. He went by T Bone Customs early in Kendama. Um, he doesn't really play. Yeah, he doesn't play much anymore. Just kind of you know, he's really good at juggles. He could ten for ten, uh, ten juggles in ten seconds. Um, but he he's a big hype beast guy. He's super into shoes and fashion. And while I was over there, he was like, hey, man, uh, are you close to this? And he sends me a, a post from Sean Wotherspoon, the owner of Brown 2. And uh, Sean, for, you know, just for a little bit of reference to give everybody, you know, an idea of who he is, um, he had the most popular shoe of 2018 with Nike, a collaboration. Um, I think Sweets Kanamas made a Tama with that same colorway. Um, Christian Einetter and myself have the hat that Sean designed. Uh, Damon Kirchmeyer has the shoes, which yeah. I mean, again, he these shoes are so hard so to well. get. So yeah, such a big flex, but this was the most popular shoe of 2018 and, uh, the year 2018, I'm in Japan, uh, and he is touring with guest jeans doing a collaboration. Yes. It was which part is of this legendary. farmer's market. Uh, yes. Um, kind of like hosting. It, it was like a farmer's market, but it was selling clothes. Yeah, and, and so, he's also like um, skating at half pipes in them too. <laughs> it's it's so wild. I mean, I think he went. He was in Europe and all across the U.S. doing this this guest jeans thing. He was in Tokyo, and my friend TJ's like, "Hey, can you go to this?" LOL. It was literally just kind of like a shot in the dark. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's like yeah, it's like a forty-five minute train ride. It costs roughly." eight to ten dollars round trip for me to go there i was like yeah i'll I'll go sure he's like oh cool like he said i'll venmo you some money if you could like just give me a shirt that'd be sick i'm like okay cool i i went knowing only because he sent me the post i'm like this sean guy's famous he's got over a million followers you know uh he's got the you know blue check woohoo uh (laughs) and uh so i go there with with the full intention of just buying my friend's shirt 
And so I'm there. I see Sean. I was like, oh, sick. Wow. He's, uh, he's just chilling. He's like just talking to people. Like, you know, people are like, yo, I bought this shirt. And he's like, thank you. And people are taking selfies, getting shoes signed. And I was like, man, this guy's, you know, pretty big deal. Didn't know anything about him. Uh, FaceTime my friend. He's like, we picked out a shirt, bought the shirt, go through the line. And then I was like, I'm just going to go, you know, introduce myself to Sean. I walk up. He's like, yo, sick Kendama. I was like, oh, like he knows about Kendama. Like, you know about Kendama? He's like, yeah, man, dude, he's tight, dude. I'm like, yeah. Uh, mind if I get a selfie? And he's like, for sure. So I take a selfie with him and uh, we just kind of like, you know, dap it up. We're like, yo, catch you later. He's like, thanks for the support. I leave. Uh, and I was like, man, that was a cool experience. And I shared the story or the uh, photo on my story and like, Again, like Christian Ionet or a lot of people that are super into fashion, he like DM me. He's like, yo, you met Sean. That's crazy. And so I'm like, I'm starting to put pieces together. Like, I'm like, oh, this is like kind of a big deal. It was a very casual thing for me the first time. And, uh, and, and so I started following Sean. And then he announced uh, round two is doing a pop-up in Tokyo. It was like three or four days later. I was like, oh, crazy. I'm like, all right, round two, what's that? I do my research. I, they have... YouTube videos, like hour long episodes of, you know, what they are, who they are. I watched interviews a lot. I feel like you guys might remember this. Do you remember on Instagram? Um, do you guys remember on Instagram? There was a, uh, these white shoes. It was, I can't remember if it was Jordan's or what, or maybe it was Yeezy's as well. Dipped into red paint. Yes. Those, and then hung. uh, those are Jordan's. Yeah. Those are, I think, I forget what colorway they were, but yeah. I think it, it might have been all white. I can't remember. They did it a couple times after that. That went so viral because they were ruining a very ruining expensive it, yeah. rare. Yeah, yes. ruining right? This was Sean Weatherspoon. He did that. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, uh, when I was doing this research, figuring out like he did so many different things to kind of, you know, he like got on the map, you know, what you'd like how you'd say. But um, I, I found out about the round two uh, pop-up shop in Tokyo and then I did my research. I discovered uh, Luke and Chris are the other two owners of Round Two, so I got to know about them. And then even the guy who filmed their um, the Round Two show, um, Graham. And so I'm like, okay, I know everyone involved here. I was like, figured out the date. I'm like, I'm gonna go and I want to gift Sean a kendama because I didn't have a kendama to gift him at the guest jeans thing. I was like, I'll, I'll probably buy a shirt as well, you know, just to support him. I'm not gonna go and just like give him a kendama dip. So I, um, man, somebody keeps calling me. <laughs> um, I, I go to the round two pop-up store and I go with the intention of buying a shirt and then gifting a Kanama to Sean. And so I arrive and like, there's a huge line, like 50 people and they're giving tickets. They're like, and the tickets get, had a, a time later that day where you could come back that way you, you don't have to wait in line. So, um, I get my ticket, I come back later and, uh, I go in the store and um, I, I don't know if he recognized me from before. I, I'd assume because the kendama is a hard thing, hard thing to forget, right? Um, and also being in Japan, like, you know, we were uh, both foreigners in the country. And so um, anyways, I, I didn't say, like, good to see you again or anything. I was like, hey, man, I brought you kendama. He's like, oh, no way. I'm like, yeah, this is for you. I was like, this is, uh, he goes, is this your brand? I was like, yeah, it's my brand. He's like, dude, this is so sick clean i'm like uh yeah i'm gonna challenge you first spike right here he's like oh he's calling me out and so he ended up getting the this his first spike like three or four tries and um 
Yeah, and so he was really hyped. He's, and then after, um, and that bit is actually on their Tokyo episode of the Round 2 show on YouTube. So you can go and um, see that, that first interaction. And then after the camera stopped recording, he's like, he's like, dude, we should do a collab shirt sometime. I was like, he brought the idea to me. I was like, oh man, like I, I thought I would have to pitch, you know, something like that, you know, to you. But um, I was like, that's really cool. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And so got another picture of him, you know, holding Konami picture of us together. And then, uh, you know, I bought the shirt and left. And uh, every time I would go to LA for a Kendama event, or I have a my best friend from high school. He's um, he doesn't play Kendama, but he lives in LA. And so when I go to visit, I always make a point to go over to Round Two. And they actually they have three stores on Melrose, which is um, the same place No Jumper, um, that same road. Uh, and so I think it's their vintage, I, their main store, and I forget what the other one is. I yeah, so the so the, store the, is. the main one is like the buy sell trade, and that's typically like your uh, current fashion, the hype fashion, the shoes, all that. The vintage, which is exclusively like stuff um, like 20 plus years old, uh, a lot of concert shirts and, you know, stuff like that. And then they have the round two merchandise store, which is stuff they've made. Um, and then it's a gallery space that they use for collaborations and, and stuff like that. So um, I went in, checked out all the shops, like so cool. And then I went into the merch store last and I met this guy, Alex. Alex plays Kanama. He had a Kanama on the desk and I was like, dude, what's up, man? How's it going? He's like, going good. I was like, you play Kanama? He's like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, have you heard of Soul? He's like, I've heard of Soul. He's like, I've never owned one. I was like, uh, that's my brand. My brother and I started that. He was like, what? No way. And so we kind of hit it off and I mentioned it. I was like, yeah, dude, I, I just met Sean. Um, cause I went to LA when I was coming home from, uh, Japan that time to visit my friend. Cause you know, I live on the, we live on the East coast. And so flying oh, from Japan, you know what? You I fly... remember this whole Instagram, this whole Instagram dilution of you. Yeah. And I, I've it. kind of like shared every, every part of it, you know? Uh, and so, yeah, I meet, I meet Alex, this employee who plays Kanama and every, every time I go to LA, I think it was three times in a row where I was like, hey, let's do this collab. Talk to Sean about doing a collab Kanama. Can we do a collab Kanama? Hey, let's do a collab, you know? And like DMing on Instagram, just keeping on. And then he's like, Sean's down. Let's, he said, let's make a design and then um, get it approved through the three owners, Chris, Luke, Sean. So Luke and I, or sorry, Alex and I go through this process together come up with a design based off of um, round two has their play on the uh, the old Toon Squad logo from um, Looney Tunes and Space Jam and um, I I really liked your comment you you post on Instagram you're like explaining the, the vintage uh, feel to Space Jam and like that's why they've chosen that logo and um, that's just one of the the fun logos that they use on you know decals at their shop or like on their um, on their show on YouTube. And so we decided to use it for our Kendama. And uh, so you have the nice, the red, white, and blue, which then we took, you know, as a, a stripe around the Tama. The, at the time that we started designing the collab, they were like, hey, we're opening a new store in Chicago. And so actually they only had four stores when, when we began the collab. And by the time we finished, um, they had the fifth store, Chicago. And so we originally were going to have uh, Kendama's at all physical locations because of the whole, you know, COVID thing, we, 
we decided to switch um, just it's all online. So they will be carrying Kendamas and we will both be carrying Kendamas, which is really cool, especially as a collaboration that we can both offer that to um, our unique followers. And so that's kind of like the whole breakdown. It's a, it's a long story, but just, you know, establishing that first relationship, creating another one um, and like multiple relationships within, um, you know, round two and just, you know, staying on top of it. Like we want to collaborate. Let's do this. Let's work together. And so uh, we came up with the design, got approved and uh, yeah, now they're made and they're actually going live next week, last, last weekend of May. So yeah. yeah. It's so, so crazy. Cool. I mean, there's there's like so many opportunities, obviously, for people to enjoy Kendama. Um, yeah. But I feel like a lot of barriered entry is like thinking it's weird to thinking it's cool, right? Like most of us probably didn't start playing Kendama until we actually played it a little. And our friend was like, this is really cool. And you're like, no, it's not. And then you start playing and like, oh, actually it is cool, you know? Yeah, I think the first uh, the first like three months I had a kendama, I uh, it was like school was ending. I started in May of 2010, so school school my freshman year of high school was ending, and I like had my kendama in my backpack. And because school ended, I literally like <laughs> lost it in my backpack for like weeks, maybe a month. I, I can't remember at this point, but like I stopped playing Kanama simply for the fact that I forgot it was in my backpack. <laughs> so it's funny now how different that is, obviously. You that's know, when you had one one Kandama. Yes. You misplaced the one and I've got yeah. six sitting right here next to me. <laughs> yeah, now I have like a hundred plus, however many yeah. it is, you know. And like <laughs> yeah, I had that one that I just lost. And when I, you know, dug into my backpack, I was probably going to like a friend's house for the weekend or something. I was like, oh my kendama. Like, <laughs> so, you know, who who's to to say I didn't get a new backpack and like that old backpack got lost and there went my kendama, you know? Damn. I think after after that I I never misplaced it or went like a day or however long without like having a kendama somewhere around me or, or playing it, you know, daily. So <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how time changes, how, how things change. You go from, from zero. I mean, over the years you go from zero to hundred, basically. It's just like, you go from not caring too much about this thing to this thing is my entire life. I mean, as soon as I picked one up and had one in my hands, that's when it went from zero to a hundred. <laughs> as soon as I picked one up and played with it, I was like, I'm getting one as soon as I go to the store. You're welcome. That's my Yeah, fault. thank you, Nick. Yeah, Aiden is very open-minded. <laughs> and that was like on a, a Duncan Komodo, so. <laughs> I wish my first Kandama was like a TK-16 or like an Azora or something, but it's like a Target Komodo. At least yeah. I had a couple stripes on it, you know? Yeah, now, hey, at least now at Target, you know, you can get a really good Kendama. And so, like, if you start playing Kendama, high chances are you are getting a, a Kendama that is easily comparable to the best competition shape possible. I mean, and, and that wasn't always the case. You know, I think um, I think it was Kevin DeSoto had something something to the extent of like a bahama or caleb or, or one of those as his first and i know a lot of people who have ordered something off amazon or or wherever you know just the first thing on google and uh just 
immediately and if you can get past that first stage that like really weird kanama you know then you, you find a good one right but um yeah I, I think now if you're starting out now your chances of getting a good kanama off the off the rip is a lot higher yeah so, for sure and, and nick to your point like it's cool already for people like i had this random story but there was like a plumber in my house earlier this week and i have that sean witherspoon uh sweets kendama and the dude knew a little bit about kendama because of no jumper to say wow. like oh that's a kendama but then he said that's the sean witherspoon shoe colorway and like this dude knew this much about kendama but knew this much about nike shoes and hype stuff and like mm-hmm. so he would have bought that and it would have been to chad's point like a I'm, that was on a prime shape at the time, but killer. Now it'd be on a boost shape, which is even more killer. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you, this guy's going to get it because it looks cool. He thinks it's cool out the gate, but it's also going to slay. Whereas, you know, even in 2014-ish when, or later when we started, we were getting stuff that you had to convince yourself it was cool by playing with it for a while, which is, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting now that people will get into it because it looks like a Nike shoe or because it looks like the Looney Tunes logo while they're shopping for vintage clothes and it pulls that nostalgia out of them. It's like a whole new world of Kendama players is coming up and it's not just because getting it to spike feels cool. It's because it's going to look cool on the shelf and around your neck. And yeah, I'm I'm there for it. That's pretty cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. I actually found the shoe because I knew, I knew it was a Jordan and it was a Jordan five, but it wasn't only a Jordan five that Sean had, had, um, because again, so backing up, Sean had made tons of he he at this point I think he had more than one store um for his vintage yeah, I think they for sure they for sure had two or three physical locations yeah the one in Virginia I was the first one I think he had opened one in New York and I forget where the third one had been LA was the second and then actually they're they're in order on the the Tama so it's Virginia or Richmond is the first one LA New York Miami and then Chicago yeah there you go so the the shoe is actually a red dip Jordan Five, but it was a Supreme collab one, which, oh. is, why, which is probably why it was so savage. It w- it wasn't just like an all white Jordan Five. It was the Supreme collab. Okay, I, that went so viral, and I didn't know a thing about shoes or Sean, but I saw it, and so that's the first time I ever saw Sean was was the Jordan Five thing. I it's funny because like. Supreme's really bad. I know you. I don't know if, how much you guys like keep up with like some of that stuff. Supreme's really bad at making Nike collab shoes. I don't know if it's because back oh, in the day, really? yeah, back in the day, Supreme had made a shirt that says uh, "fuck Nike" on it, just blatantly, <laughs> and it was I think they like, flipped it upside down or something like that, but it said "fuck Nike" on it because at the time, Nike was making their skateboarding line for shoes, right? And uh, like skateboarders are super like they're kind of like kendama players in the sense that like they don't want big conglomerates kind of getting involved duncan. they don't care about the actual thing right like yeah duncan or like just the, like these random people who decide <laughs> to make like these crappy kendamas just to make a buck like we absolutely crap on them you know yeah i mean it's the toy smith duncan like yeah i as soon as you said as soon as you said skateboarders and, you know, I started to realize, I'm like, oh, okay, I, yeah, we get it. Yeah, like. <laughs> we kind of just have to roast them because we're so in, like, we, as we see Kendama, like, it's such a community thing to where if you're not part of the community and you're not coming from, like, a, 
a place where it's like you truly love the game then it's like get the hell out like leave you're not you're you're not supporting us like you're never gonna see a duncan sponsorship for an nako because they don't care no, yeah. uh, no offense to Takeshi, he's good at Konama, <laughs> but like his company doesn't particularly care about Konama. They just care about like making money on it. And same thing with Toysmith, whatever. So, with I'm, I'm totally digressing, but basically, <laughs> the fact the fact that the fact is like they made that shirt right because they didn't want this big conglomerate making shoes who and they thought they were going to just try to flood the market. They were going to make all these smaller companies that are making really good skateboarding shoes in the day, like DC, Etnies, ES. They thought they were going to totally wipe them out. Um, so people really didn't vibe them for a while. And that was when I was skateboarding too. Like people were pretty off put by a whole Nike SB thing, Nike skateboarding. Um, and eventually yeah. they, they, you know, they stuck with it. They, they, they did some things for the community that what Nike probably only could have done just because of the amount of money they had. And <laughs> yeah. at this point, like people, people definitely mess with them. I mean, but and I'm saying all that because it's funny that Nike went from saying screw or Supreme went from screw Nike to making shoes with them. And that's my, my opinion or my thought of like why, like most of the Nike Supreme shoes look absolutely horrendous it's just because mm. somebody still works at nike sb <laughs> that used to work at nike sb when supreme made that shirt so the fact that one of the greatest nike supreme shoes uh i guess jordan supreme collab shoes that they ever made crazy. he red dipped made it even more crazy like this shoe that looks so good by itself and it is one of very few that actually looks good from this collaboration that people see saw over so much just you couldn't wear it after he hung it. I think from the top of the the store. Yeah, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, in the LA, the buy sell trade LA store, I think they're still hanging in the rafters. Um, they also did after that. They started, you know, red dipping every shoe. I think they have, you know, Yeezys were included in that when that came out. And um, yeah, it's kind of cool to see little things like that that helped, you know, Sean and also Round Two help you know, grow their brand. And it's crazy, you know, like, and again, for people that, you know, don't have a reference for, you know, what round two is and how big they are, like Post Malone, um, Lil Yachty, so many different really famous people in LA go to their store to get vintage clothing and, and cannot get that anywhere else. Um, yeah, go, just go check out their, their YouTube channel and really kind of dive in and, figure out you know what all is going on here it's it's really crazy to see what they've made and the three guys just kind of you know started from uh nothing in richmond virginia I, I think you know sean and chris were selling out of their closet at home they would have friends come over and like you know like look and buy stuff out of their closet and then uh they started selling online out of a shipping container and then opened a store and it was kind of like we need to make this much this month in order to like break even I think it was like the first day or the second day they made that number. And they're like, oh, man, they, they just went off. And uh, their camera guy, Graham, uh, who is a mutual friend of, of the two, they, uh, they just recorded everything. They made it a, its own thing, and it really got popular online. So, like, YouTube and their website and their physical store, like, just so many right moves. And then dipping the, the Jordan Supreme collab and then – Sean getting shoe of the year for Nike, and now he's working with Adidas. He's worked with so many huge brands. So this is kind of, I mean, this culturally, this collaboration in Kendama 
is such a big step. Um, you know, even, even if, um, you know, it's just one kendama, but man, it's, it's gonna, you know, carry its weight for a while. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, it opens a lot of doors. I know as far as like round two, we've established a really good relationship with them. And, um, you know, I think they, they have full trust in our ability to make a good quality product and something people, um, people support and want to, want to get. And so I think after this first release, I think they would be, I'm hoping crossing fingers, you know, they'd be down to, you know, restock or, you know, run and run a second collab, switch up the design. And, uh, it's cool, man. I'm really excited. Yeah. I mean, big ups to you for a taking initiative and B just being a good, good guy with like values that kind of like make sense for that whole thing. You know, not everybody could have done that collaboration just because you were nice enough to go buy a t-shirt for somebody. It's crazy how, how that went down. I, I didn't know who he was prior, you know, it was like everything just kind of aligned beautifully and just followed through, man. Consistency was huge. And also just being genuine, you know, like I wanted to go check out their stores and it was weird, you know, like, a lot of, a lot of people, uh, you know, the first round two store that they go to is, you know, locally. And I was in Japan, a pop-up shop, like craziest scenario. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so exciting, man. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about, you know, that collaboration shirt was originally an idea Sean had. Um, so we're talking about maybe doing a shirt Dama combo in the future would be really cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so, that would be super sick having that shirt to match the Dama. Yeah, so I mean, we're working, we're working on something. Who knows? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah, that's soul, soul cool, man. Soul cool. <laughs> so yeah, what's, what's the specifics on the Dama? I know it's one app shape, but when you guys first started yeah. talking about this, it might have been proposed soul shape. But I know it's one app shape, maple, sticky. Give us the the details. On- yeah, so maple uh, for this one, you know, we got maple kin ashtama, soul shape one up. Uh, we've got the heat stamp soul logo on the front, round two, uh, tune squad logo on the back. We have the uh, drilled base cup hole. This is exclusive to soul. This one, you know, unique to us. We've got the tune squad logo printed as a tracking dot on the top of the tama. We have a seventy thirty white. Uh, and then like natty, like a clear coat, um, 70, 30 split. And then uh, the bottom 30, um, and actually flipped upside down that way when you're holding it in Tama grip, you can read it's, uh, going around the bevel is the, uh, all the locations of the store. There's five locations. So it just kind of loops around twice. We got Virginia, LA, New York, Miami, Chicago, and then just starts over and uh, perfect loop around the Tama. Um, we've got strung, uh, it comes strong on a red string, but then it also comes with a string pack, uh, four options, white, black, blue, and red. So then, you know, if you get the Dama, you want to switch it up, you can kind of, you know, switch it up. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like tech decks used to come with like a spare set of wheels and you like take off your wheels, you put on the black or yellow ones. Cause they're a lot cooler, you know, than the, the white ones that come on it. Uh, so you can kind of customize your Dama, like right off the rip. Um, but that, yeah, that's, that's the design, the specs and everything. We, we went with Ash because the Natty, um, seeing through to the Natty, man, if you guys are familiar with the KD mod, it's just, Ash is such beautiful wood with that clear coat and, and with the sticky paint, you know, Ash and sticky paint go well together. And, uh, again, like weight, weight matching, you know, like it's going to be Tama heavy, 
um, which most people prefer. And uh, Ash and, and Ash Tom and Maple Kin right now is a good combo for weight matching. So that was kind of, yeah, diving into the whole uh, design aspects and uh, you know why we did. Yeah. Um, how much did uh, did round two have any control in the design at all? Did they say anything that they wanted to see in the Dama, or was it kind of just your full control? Yeah, so um, Alex was the employee that plays Konami. He's the one that uh, we communicated about the collaboration through the you know duration of the project. And uh, the first first thing you know after we we agreed, you know, we're doing a collaboration. I I asked like, hey, can you send me all of the round two logos? And then you know send me like two or three options for Kendamas that you would like to see, you know. And so he sent. One of the designs was white, red, and blue, but it was vertical stripes. And I had to explain, you know, you, I'm like, uh, a very important thing, you know, is going to be the, the horizontal stripes, you know. And it, he actually had a fade. It almost looked like a, like a gur or, um, you know, like a, um, any, any of those old faded kanamas, right? But vertical. So it was, it was a, a mess. I was like, okay, we can work with that color palette. It actually works really well with the Toon Squad logo. And they, they also had some older logos um, as well, but the round, the round two Toon Squad is kind of their, their most iconic one. Um, so we wanted, we wanted to use, yeah, we wanted to use one of their most iconic um, logos. And so he actually, uh, Alex, came up with the idea for, he said he wanted the 70-30. Um, he had a crom pop. He's like, I really love the idea of a 70 30. He's like, don't really love the half split. I'm like, okay, cool. It's 70 30. We'll do that. And then, um, you know, the crom pop has, it just says crom copyright, crom copyright around the, the bevel or whatever. He's like, he's, yeah, he's like, I like that, but let's do that with the cities. And instead of it, cause on the, the pop, if it's sitting on the spike, you can read crom that way, or they might alternate. I'm not, Actually, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but uh, for him, he's like, dude, when you're holding a tomograph, I want to be able to read the text. So it's upside down when it's on the spike, but when it's in your hand, you can read it. I was like, oh, that's, that's genius. I like that. Uh, and so we decided to go white because that's, um, that's the jersey color in Space Jam. And then, you know, with the logo, the blue and the red, I'm like, let's, we need to add another significant tracking feature because um the white and the natty aren't contrasting enough like we need that deep blue that deep red uh we did that and actually we chose blue stripe on the top this is getting really really into it blue stripe is on the top because when you're looking at the top of the tama you see the round two logo and you can actually see just like um, ironically enough, a Corona of the blue stripe <laughs> around the Tama, just barely. And, uh, if you're looking, you know, at that design, the red is, is pretty prominent in that target. Right. And so we wanted to just kind of balance out that red with the blue when you're holding it from, you know, looking at the bevel, then you see that red stripe just barely around the, the edge of the Tama. And so, uh, and then we decided, you know, all right, blue stripe, blue stripe on top. Let's do red string. Uh, so it kind of the red string goes directly in the middle of the red target. And so that was kind of, uh, yeah, our decision there. But okay, so Alex, his, his input was, you know, okay, 70 30, let's do the text flip this way. 
Um, we both kind of agreed the the blue, um, red, white was the move. Definitely um, most iconic for their brand. And then uh, I helped I helped guide with design that was best for Kendama. Um, so it not only looks good, but it plays well. And uh, and then I, of course, for me, it was like everyone loves maple. Maple Kin's kind of a must. Um, and then the um, the Tama being ash was something that we both, you know, just kind of agreed on. So it was fairly mutual, you know, just like working together back and forth. And uh, a couple early designs that that he suggested, and then I even sent some back to him just kind of looking at other stuff they've made and trying to, you know, work off that. And yeah, this is what we ended up coming up with. And so, um, yeah, they, I mean, if he, if he said, uh, I hate 70, 30, I want to do a half split. This would have been a a half split. (laughs) So yeah, I think he had full, full creativity. I mean, I would not have let him gone with a vertical stripe just cause it, it breaks the rules, you know? And so, uh, yeah, mostly mostly freedom, creative freedom. Not like a hey, we're using you to make this product kind of thing. It was an actual like conversation was happening, not just like make this. Yeah, and you know, I was working with Alex, but uh, before production and during the whole design process, he was checking with Sean and Chris and Luke, the other owners around too, saying, "Hey, is this represent the brand in a you know correct way? Is this cool?" They're like, "Love the design." Absolutely in love with it. And so I'm assuming Sweets doesn't do that with like the Nike shoe colorways. Like they don't have to get any sort of clearance to put Sean Witherspoon colorway on a Tama. Yeah, I think the way like trademarking and like copywriting works, it would be it's you can't really claim a color or something yeah. like that or, or like a series of colors. Um, I know like for example Adidas has like three stripes is technically trademarked, which is wild. Uh, It might be three marks or like three stripes on a shoe or three stripes on a shirt. For each of those variations, they have to pay for that trademark. And so um, I highly doubt that uh, Sean or Nike has trademarked seven seven stripes altering in this order, you know, on a, you know, something. So uh, with colorways and stuff like that, you, it's hard, but you know, with, I, I do wonder with the, you know, Toon Squad logo, if, if there is some kind of trademark there. I don't know, you know. <laughs> it's an interesting thought. But it's something they use and they, they've approved of. And so I yeah. I imagine, you know, if they confidently move forward with it, then we're good to go on that. So Yeah, I mean, they make they make their clothing with it pretty often. But I think it's probably because Kendamas are in a totally different, like, product category that yeah. it would be kind of a stretch. Like, nobody's suing... Kendama USA for making the triple stripe Bray mod. <laughs> that was my yeah. first thought when you talked about Adidas. I was like, uh oh, Bray mod. It was, yeah, yeah, it was coming out no of my way. it was coming out of my mouth and I was thinking at the same time, I was like, huh. But then I, I realized with trademarking the way it works, it's like three stripes on a shoe. So there's no three stripes on a sphere. Maybe there is. Who knows? I <laughs> we gotta look that up, right? It's it's public information. You can actually search and look at trademarks and copyrights and yeah, it's definitely like word word like trademarking though, because if you put like if you put round two probably on anything, that's different. If the word yeah. like words round two probably that's more specific. Or like if you put Adidas on something, anything, 
you know that's one thing but like yeah like a check mark i don't know there there might be a lot you know nike being as big as they are i can that you probably put it on you probably tattoo it on yourself you you still get a cease and desist Jeez, letter yeah yeah there'd be like <laughs> remove within six months i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that would be rough yeah. I think it's cool that, I mean, you work directly with Sean on it. I mean, like, he's maybe aware that Sweets made that Tama years ago or a couple of years ago, whatever it was, but didn't reach out to him directly, I'm, I'm sure. But it's cool to to think, like, now he's actually involved in the community and been a part of it, and, and I'm sure that will continue to evolve and grow into good things. So it's cool to me that, that your collaborations or the colorways or the designs are coming directly from the relationship, which cuts through the whole conversation we've had about the coffee stuff. I just think that's just so important um, that to maintain the integrity of why you love Kendama, why you have the relationships you do. And that comes through in the collabs, which has the backstory to this is, you know, maybe the design's great, but even cooler than the design, you know, it's like that, that makes it legit. And more so to my point than, we grabbed a colorway from a shoe that Sean Witherspoon is super popular. It's like, no, Sean Witherspoon has approved of this design and is a big part of it. And that's, yeah, that's, that's even good. cooler for the community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the authenticity thing, I think is probably one of the biggest things is the fact that sweets made a, uh, they, they've made a bunch of Kanamas that are shoe related. And obviously that's super cool for Kanama players that are into like the shoe culture. That's super cool for them. But I don't, as a, if I was, uh, I guess a Nike rep that made the design for that shoe, I would not be nearly as excited about it um, unless I already played Kanama because it didn't come from a conversation. It didn't come from a relationship. It, I would be maybe appeased by the fact that people like the colorway or whatever that I used to make a certain thing. But it, it's much different when you, when you're imitating compared to, or when you're, when you're taking design cues from something that's not in a relationship compared to when you're having a relationship. I mean, like Chad said, if they had just made a Kendama, it wouldn't have resounded with Kendama's players as much nearly because A, it didn't come from Seoul, which is a very legitimized company in the Kendama scene. I mean, one of the most legit, obviously. It would have just been some, it would have been, I guess, round two brand Kendama, which is cool for the round two people, yeah. but it would have been vertical stripes. It would have <laughs> maybe not been the right woods. Um, Babinga probably a whole thing. No, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it would have, it would have been not a Kendama collaboration. So the Kendama players, while some of them who are interested in shoes would be interested in the Kendama, not as many Kendama players. Like I, I probably would maybe not buy one if, if round two had just decided to make their own Kendama with their own ideas without being part of the community. Yeah. But the fact that Absolutely. they are very directly working with someone who not only is a part of the community but is one of the most knowledgeable about the communities, that's that's a relationship. That's authentic. That's that's real. That is taking these two things and giving them a relationship so that they work they're the best version of both worlds, right? The best version of the Kendama world, the best version of the uh I guess vintage um, street style world, right? It's it's that relationship, and I don't think you can you can't just imitate and try and like have that same hype behind something. It has to be a true collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. I just spoke a lot. It's, I'm sorry. It's a good no, job, not Chad. at all. Cheers, cheers Come to on. Chad. I'm sure Sheldon. Thank you. Behind the scenes on yeah. that. That's, that's 
Okay. And so those come out next week. I think this podcast might, your drop might beat this podcast release. So no press embargo or anything, but I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, about, just know they drop the last weekend of May. So <laughs> 2020. Right? I'm curious about like the, the price point. Obviously the one up shape is a killer Dama and you're pairing it with a well-designed Tama and stuff. Um, but this, the design, like we're maybe shooting for more like entry level players, like on the, the round two pickup, like are people buying them from that website maybe aren't Kendama players with a huge collection. And if I'm going to buy it on the soul website, I'm kind of the opposite. I've got a huge collection. I'm willing to pay 50, 75, hundred, whatever. I'm assuming this will land somewhere in the middle of price point. So it's accessible, but it matches the quality and you guys make something on it. Where, where's the yeah. land there? Yeah, so um, this Kanama is going to be $60 USD, and that's uh, shipping included for domestic orders. So, um, yeah, yeah, $60, and I believe round two will be selling for the same on their website. And, you know, when the conversation began, uh, I mean, it, it's been, you know, ongoing, I guess, technically since 2018, but um, the, the production for this Kanama began in December, early December, and so... As I, many of you guys know, and I, I've talked with a few different people about this, the demand for kendamas have gone up during during this whole pandemic. You know, it's it's crazy to see Kendama USA half splits, uh, sweets, radars, twenty dollars. These are the entry level kendamas that these companies are like. Okay, we are stocking these kendamas. These kendamas will always be in stock. And we are going to sell these for people who want to start playing Kanama. You know, like $20 cheap, easy, right? They release them. They sell out. Literally, literally, uh, if you guys follow uh, Ken Colt, TJ Kanger on Instagram, and he makes really good unboxing videos on YouTube, um, he, he said that uh, he bought the Kusa Half Split. He was going to buy the the radar and it sold out. He had to go he had to go through Kendama House, which is like a you know like a a different um, entity for selling Kendamas. But I'm like, can you can you believe? Like I'm sure every Kendama brand owner, company owner is sitting here thinking like, how are we selling out of literally our base model, the one thing that you know we make to be available all the time. Um, so at the time this this conversation uh, for you know the production everything began, we weren't anticipating this. Like I don't think anybody was. Nobody's ready, right? So uh, unfortunately, it will sell out quickly. I wish we had it in stock longer. Um, and you know we're gonna sell out, and then the round two website's gonna sell out. I I know it's gonna happen just you know based off of history. If, if history repeats itself, you know. Um, and so, you know, now Kanama company owners and brand owners are preparing for what July and August and September look like. And so for us, you know, we're, uh, numbers are adjusting. Ideally, we're not selling out of everything. And, you know, companies like Kanama USA, Sweets, like they don't want to be sold out of radars and, and half splits. It's like <laughs> it, it doesn't really benefit anyone, right? So uh, if it were my choice, like these round two Kanamas would be, uh, in stock for the next month, you know, and I think uh, everyone, everyone that wants one, I'd love for them to have it. You know, it's <laughs> it's not an intentional thing. They, I, I think they will sell out. But um, did I did I answer all of your question, Nick, about the price point? There's one other question. Yeah. The second part, I think. 
No, no, I think that was perfect. That I, I you jumped into the radars and half splits thing and that's kind of where I was going with it. Like the entry level damas that 20 bucks. It's yeah. Like, that's crazy right now. But I'm also curious, um, which this was my big important question. Nick mentioned at the beginning, um, uh, the can only options. Are you going to have those like as a backup? Uh, you've teased the release date on them. I saw all your pros were posting their, their kind of loot that they got, um, of the can only's, but I'm patiently waiting to replace my Walnut one up, and I'm curious if you're going to have those. It's like, ah, uh, the collab sold out. I can at least scoop something option. Absolutely. So I've been debating this as well. You know, um, I was talking with Shelton deciding, like, do we release these simultaneously, or do I release the Kins like a day early? That way, you know... People are. I, I had a, a couple concerns. Like, if I go to order the round two, uh, and then go back to get a kin, am I going to miss it? You know, so it's a, right. a nervous thing, right? So I'm thinking maybe we, we put the kins up early, and then people can guarantee, um, you know, getting the kins. One one cool thing about shipping being integrated, um, all of our domestic shipping is free. So if you order a kin and then order a kanam, you're not paying shipping twice. Yeah. Um, so I can just combine orders and, and ship those together. The price isn't going to like change or anything. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I, I think we'll do Kins early and then round two second, but the Kins again, like we ordered these way back, but I, I think quantity wise, like the Kins will not sell out in the way that the round two is yeah. going to sell out. Um, but, but then again, who knows? I, I you know, like, like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have assumed, you know, things sold out the way, the way they did, but, um, yeah, can, can only options are, are restocking along with these, um, ideally a day before. So, Great. um, all, nice. all eight wood types, beech, cool. ash, walnut, cherry, bamboo, rosewood, purple heart, maple. Sick. And those, those are at such an incredible price point too. Like I tell you, Thank I'm you. ready. I'm ready to drop a hundred dollars on can only options when they pop up and I've got, I literally have the soul site bookmarked and have been reloading. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm just, you greatly. They're, they're incredible and my other question specific to you is is the soul shape gone forever as the one up completely replaced it which makes this is an interesting question small, small tier if that's the case but yeah something i've i've considered and talked about something that uh something that all of the players on our team have considered and talked about as well um you know do we do we say bye? Do we say farewell? Do we continue to use it? We, we kept it with the Pioneers mm-hmm. um, for a release where the one-up existed, but we didn't you know, change that, that product line. Although we did implement the new base, base cup hole. The, the idea right now, one-up one is, is kind of taking over, but, but soul, soul Shape now has been uh, you know, the larger Tama, the, the bigger cup size, it was early in that game. Yeah. Now a lot of Kandamas are kind of up to standard with that. A lot of people may not know. So like traditional Kandama has like 60 centimeter Tama. Uh, I think a boost has 61. Soul Shape is at a 62. Um, and so I'm thinking potentially just toying with the idea that the Soul Shape, we could bump down to a 61 Tama and then make it uh, like slimmer around the handle, but then keep the cup, the cup size boost. That way you have, um, that way you have like the good balance between playability, but also a slimmer mm. feel. 
And, and the smaller tom is something we haven't done since before the soul shape. So, yeah. and even the flows had had sixty two centimeter tomas. So, mm-hmm. um, just kind of like in the back of my head, rough plans and ideas for using the soul shape. You know, making it a little slimmer, but keeping all those prominent features the same making the Tama like one centimeter smaller just to give it that slimmer feel as well. So that we could see that um, happening and being a thing down the road. Right now there's no, you know, nothing in production or anything like that. It's just kind of an idea, cool. but I, I'm yeah. not ready to say goodbye. I'm not either. There's, no, I, I know on, there's a, a handful of people that feel the same way. I'm on FKC like all week trying to get people to trade me a, my boost shape that I don't love for their soul shape that they've shelved. I'm like, I love the soul shape. My <laughs> walnut, you know, I want, I love my walnut soul shape and my cherry. And like, I just, I can't imagine them Thank going you. away if, if these chip and cause I still play these almost every day, but it's, it, it's sad to think of the soul shape going away. So definitely support that idea and I'll, I'll save, I <laughs> save some money for when they do come back. I appreciate that greatly. And you know, the really cool thing about, kendama we're so still so early man this is like these these are the early days and stages of kendama and you see companies like adidas and nike do throwbacks and like oh we're bringing back this design this shirt this shoe there's no reason i i can't in 2022 say we're bringing back one production of the Mm -hmm. flows the mahogany half split you know like there's going to be a group of people that love that so much and also people that you know never got to experience that early those early Mm -hmm. days and so that could happen with the soul shape where we you know like bring back the kd mod on soul shape with like you know this kind of thing for uh, a period of time so it, it's kind of cool that we can you know do that so yeah uh, I'll, I'll never rule i'll never rule anything out except for you know vertical stripes <laughs> <laughs> that's good lots of things change but i think a decade is a long enough time for people to start getting nostalgic about things absolutely um i'm like i'm still i still like tk16s and stuff like that not because of their ultimate playability anymore but just this nostalgia of like when I first started playing Kendama, that was what me and my my friends made our first couple of edits on was a TK16. So, and that's why I always kind of keep one around, even if it's not like what I'm like jamming mostly. Um, yeah, I, blue TK was my first Kendama. Yeah, the blue. Most people have blue, red, or black, and then some black, people yeah, wear natty. Yeah. But the, I know a lot of people. That's if your first Kendama is a natty TK. That's that is rare. Yeah, exactly. Cause like I don't, I don't remember if they had if Natty was one of the option, the first options at the time. But either way, I most think, people I just assume. Available. Yeah, I. The reason why I'm not sure is just because I never saw one until a few years later. Thinking, oh wait, that makes more sense because <laughs> the paint is so glossy and the woods can yeah, be grippier. Actually, maybe it could be. You know, I, I had a, I had a wooden or a Natty TK. I but that was already like four years into playing so i huh, might have helped help me balance that lighthouse two seconds longer yeah right <laughs> it's interesting how how kendama has changed not only in the shapes and everything like that but also in like in popularity in a sense one thing that i'm i'm always like kind of like looking back at all of like what's going on in kendama like the company is the culture whatever and one thing that is very interesting about about your company in the past probably I guess year, I would probably say maybe more than a year, 
is that your collaboration ones have been kind of like the pinnacle of like what people really get interested in. Obviously, everybody loves like the um, the the soul shape and like the normal versions of the Kanamas. Um, and I would almost say like the pro mods are almost like a collaboration in the sense. But, is it? Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but it's it, what's interesting to me is that like your Kanamas have been before corona which everything is just kind of like selling out within hours like the hey i wanted the Haley bischoff kendama and i i slept on it literally i was like oh, i'm gonna take a nap and i'll i'll buy it in the morning and i woke up and it was sold out crap i can i can guarantee you that jero was not intending on selling out of Bishmont. like uh, i and there's people people that are you know mad and like you see it in the comments sections and stuff like trust me nobody like no company wants to be like sorry we cannot sell you a kendama i mean it's yeah exactly crazy. i mean I, I, I talked to him about that actually it was like he, he was like I, i'm having to go through ridiculous lengths to get even like the almost normal amount of kendamas in and right now he's needing more because people are wanting yeah. it more than normal um but what's funny is be, with with your collaboration kendamas, a lot of them is uh like the the find your wings kendama um yeah. not the mumu ones i think those then but a few of the collaboration kendamas really sold out within um minutes to hours yeah well slayers club sue lab um the the Moomoo, uh, we've restocked those, I think, two or three times, which the other ones are one and done, kind of like once they're made, we're not making that same one again. So I think, you know, that also adds to the, you know, exclusivity of it. But, um, yeah, it's – and it was never – you know, the intention wasn't, you know, like make small quantities and sell them out. Like we wanted to work with other people in the community who had ideas and – goals and you know we started out with two apparel companies find your wings and uh slayers club giving them the ability to make kendamas and so that for us it was like that was just a cool thing we wanted to do with apparel companies and then you know starting to work with kendama brands that you know made like analog uh we took their colorway and then the um the portal and then we put it on the soul shape so that was a really cool we like feature swapped they took the painted cups um so like collaborations like that sue lab made the tamas we made kins and then paired them together so like you know collaborations like that really cool we never thought originally we didn't think about that we weren't doing that it was like you know working with apparel companies they couldn't make kendamas or you know anyone can right but like they had established themselves as apparel company and so yeah, it's really cool to see how it's developed and um, really, you know, it, it, it kind of just makes sense, like grow grow together with other people that are trying to do the same thing as you and think the same way. And Yeah, you um, even did the little Georgia Boys one, uh, I think, yeah. many years ago, which is even more <laughs> so of like cool. a snitch thing, right? <laughs> it's like just the, it was just Owen and, um, and Caleb and um, Carson and they're just, they just happen to make a really good paint. And that was a, yeah, a collaboration was for a, a company that isn't even, isn't even a company, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's like a three guy, three three homies, you know, just friends. And that sold out. out in yeah, hours. it did. That, I didn't even get to actually... buy one. <laughs> I didn't even get it's to buy funny, one. It's like, a crazy thing. At the time, it was like one of the most popular collabs that we'd sold. Like, 
it sold out quicker than the find your wings and the uh in the slayers club and i was like i was like wait a second what is happening yeah, it <laughs> and was it, such a you know i can thing. actually we we run through shopify and so on shopify you have a you can see a live count of like how many people are on the website and like what regions they're from georgia was popping off during that uh i was looking at, at the website there's like 35 40 people just from from like the greater atlanta area you know it's like on to buy those collabs and and then like one person in japan i'm like what are you why are you here this is cool yeah i'm like (laughs) (laughs) it was cool it was really really cool and uh i i think one of them went um somewhere in europe one in japan and then like pretty much everything else was in the southeast (laughs) well i mean with everything with the Jordan Canal players thing is like, we're super kind of, I guess we're pretty tight knit for those that come to, yeah. So when I've, every time somebody gets a pro mod or something like that, I'm like, if you don't have in this collection, are you really a Georgia Kanama player? I kind of like shame people a little bit, which is probably not the best thing, but it's like, oh no. I mean, yep. you got to have a Linden mod. You got to have a C Frazier mod. You got to have an Alex and mod. Alex, I mean, yeah. and they're all, I can say that too, because like they're all fantastic Kanamas. It's not like, it's not Isn't like somebody cool? just made a kind of crappy Kanama and I'm like, oh, well, they're, you know, they live in Georgia, so support them. No, it's like legit stuff. Yeah, Georgia, man. Georgia puts out some really high quality pro model legend model kendamas. Like, we're just so lucky in that sense. I think I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna say like. I'm not gonna sit sit here and say like this pro model isn't good. But like the three from Georgia, very good. So good. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And I feel like oh, Josh Kim. Who knows? One day. <laughs> One day soon. Yeah. Maybe sooner than later. I have no idea, but. <laughs> Yeah, Georgia, Georgia long enough, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's all. That's all it is. And that's the other thing too is we're super big about supporting whoever is part of our community, right? So when Josh came yes. down, we had a whole jam for him, um, all that stuff. Next, it's like, next ATLO, we need to guarantee that top tier prizes are are from Georgia pros that's cool. only. That's super so like cool. first place. Yeah, you know what smart. I mean? Yeah, we might have actually something even even more super duper special but i'll put oh yeah yeah <laughs> hey I'll, I'll try and squeeze whatever i can out of the conversation yeah. <laughs> yeah like yeah that's a great idea though i didn't think about it i don't know i think i'll supply think i'll supply year, the alex and linden mods for sure <laughs> yeah i think last year we didn't have any i don't even know if sweet sent any they did send some stuff but they didn't send any fraser mod but at the time Fraser that was mods awesome were like, man so Such sold out the biggest kanama at the time yeah yeah, and I and I still think that it's one of the one of the most. It's going to go down as one of the most iconic kendamas. Um, you guys, I know Nick, you were on at the Sweets live stream, um, the last one. I know there's one tonight, but yeah, there was someone in the chat offering to buy a decade mod <laughs> for like three hundred dollars. Oh my god! My, fav- my-, my favorite moment in unmuted Matt Sweets is talking to one of his workers off camera. Like, Yo, can we get this guy's address? I'm not a bad <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> It was so funny watching Matt just like, yo, we got uh, money right here. Like, it's- I'm not above selling this mod for $300. <laughs> Why not? That's kind of a crazy thing too, man. Like, in, uh, I haven't seen a lot of resale in, um, in our collabs, despite them selling out so much. I haven't seen a lot, you know, being flipped, 
um, maybe on the uh, on the dark web or in the uh, you know. Uh, I'll trade any kendama. It's because they're so good. They're yeah. such a good shape. Yeah, people don't want to part with it. That's the thing. Yeah, that's exactly. A, I think that's really a big thing, Aiden. Like the fact that they they play so damn well. I mean. I absolutely. I wish I had my Alex mod right here. I'd destroy that thing. Same thing with the Linden mod. Destroy that thing. And it's like they just you're because a you're a small. I guess smaller company. I mean, all Konami companies are small if you think about it. But yeah. you have a lot of control over make making the shapes a certain way and and doing the next thing every time you buy another group of Kendamas or a group of Kendamas, pack of Kendamas, whatever. But they play so well. So it's like all the people that are buying them are just like I need a I need the best thing right now and like. Besides the fact that Alex is one of the best Konama players, they're like, that's a yeah. one-up shape. That's going to play fantastic. And then did it slayed. Compared to, for, and not to say that this is a bad Konama at all. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of giving a juxtaposition, but um, Jake made his his Purple Heart, um, uh, what is it called? Executive mod. Oh. What, yeah. uh, maybe a four months ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to play that. Not planning on playing it at all. Not because it probably won't play well. I'm I'm sure it would play fantastic, but it was a little behind on cup size at the time. Uh, it was it was even and even though it was extremely special, and I'm sure it would play well. It's not. It wasn't like the most. It's it's a collaboration where it's it's small. Not collaboration. It's a it's a Kendama where it's small enough in a quantity, special enough in how it's made, but not great enough in its Kendama playability for me to want to play it right so it's like i also have a double a and debtor um ken with a sweets mugen tama oh maybe which that also would play fantastic but not probably not as good as an alex mod Mm -hmm. you know and it's like why would i why would i take this beautiful 200 dollar kendama or the j queens being i think it was like 60 why would i play this beautiful 70 60 dollar kendama that is Maybe not as good as a, a twenty dollar Kendama I could buy, or I guess a, a forty dollar Pro mod I could buy. Why would I play that if I can just play the cheaper one and keep this one looking nice and fresh? You know, mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's partially that is why you don't see a lot of resells, just because once you play Kendama, it's it's kind of hard for you for, to get the resell on point, it. Fair price point and also like maximum playability. And I'll, I'll say this as well, you know, and, for. Um, for anybody who's ordering through our website, if you leave an order note requesting weight match or lunar balance or string lefty, like we will do our best to fulfill that request. And like, I, I would say like 90% of the time we do there, there may be like a handful that uh, maybe quantity wise, we have like four or five left and you ask, it's like, oh, I can't, you know, can't weight match based off of what I have. But um, generally, you know, and, and especially with, um, releases now you know things are kind of uh selling out your odds of getting a a weight match of your request are really high because we receive a certain amount of orders and uh, generally like i would say like maybe like 15 to 20 percent of the the orders might request a special like weight match or lunar balance or lefty oh really it's that low yeah 15 is surprising i was expecting a higher number i think a lot of people um recently and maybe it's hard to tell as well but (laughs) Uh, maybe people are so nervous that they might uh, lose the kendama <laughs> that they don't request the weight, which is, you know, another, I mean, that's f- fair, fair argument. But um, yeah, people people will, um, if you request, I'll, we'll do our best. And, um, you know, 90% of the time we'll meet that request. 
Yeah, so, it comes down to like customer satisfaction. I know every order that I've gotten from you guys has been completely fulfilled to my satisfaction, which is awesome. Thank you so much. Well, it's even cool. Like uh, I ordered a one-up walnut after having ordered a soul-shaped walnut, and Chad, you wrote a note. It's like, thanks for coming back. And maybe that just comes from the Shopify notification that I'm a return customer, but you hand-wrote a note and put it in my order with a 110 that I got weight-matched on the weight I wanted or got the weight, yeah. you know, specific weight I want. I was like, I need a 72 gram to match it with this Tama or whatever. And that's why I'm coming back to spend a hundred on Ken only options first. Like I got, I bought one of the half splits and was not even going to ask them to try. Cause I know these are yeah. in the box and they're not going to take them out. And like, of course it's fine, a little heavy and Tama light, which is super odd, but it's, um, I, I know going with Seoul to Nick's point, like it's always going to be a good experience. And mm -hmm. I know there's been issues with the coronavirus and shipping internationally. And I've seen some stuff on FKC where people are salty, but it's like, I've been waiting on some Thomas from Europe for a month and a half now. You just got to be patient and know what's going on. And yeah. I hope people don't, don't write you guys off for anything like that if they're in Europe or, or Japan trying to get a, a Kendama. But when it arrives, I'm, yeah. I'm sure they'll notice it's worth it and worth the wait. So absolutely actually i want to i want to speak to that i i didn't know this i found this out somebody i was emailing with from um let's see he wasn't in the netherlands there was uh, where was he somewhere in europe but um he said or i think it was germany yeah he found this article from usps that said that they have switched all international uh overseas international shipments to boat which from plane, because the planes have, uh, there's not as many. So it literally is taking some packages like eight weeks to arrive. And there was no warning for this. We didn't know, right? And so like now we've switched um, all international orders through UPS. It's going to be like an additional 10 to $12. But your Kendama arrives in a week to 10 12 days at the latest so less than two weeks versus two months so it, it's worth it to have that you know like increased value but those early kendamas like early march all are going boat and so like they're they're kind of arriving now some people ordering that ordered uh alex mitchell pro models before we we did uh we had 19 that were cushion cleared but like the last restock of mitch mods were so long ago people are just now getting them in in like the uk and stuff like that and so uh yeah a lot it's interesting but like uh usps kind of just like they're slick you know to keep prices down they just went through boat and I like nobody knew about it. We just so kinda... is that having to do with Corona or is that just yeah. a general change? Yeah, assuming because um, a lot it's of Kendamas, due to Corona. Yeah, a lot of Kendamas yeah. come or a lot of shipments of stuff go on actually normal uh, commercial planes. Like if you're getting on a Delta flight from here to Ireland, maybe um, there's a certain amount of space that Delta will actually save for shipments of stuff. USPS. Um, uh, well, all the, all the major carriers they they work with aircraft companies to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're when you're flying mm -hmm. anywhere, uh, some amount of that space is actually being taken up by random shipments of whatever needs to go to wherever. It's not just your luggage. Um, so when you and that's a big deal because think about how many flights are going from you know Atlanta even Atlanta to anywhere. That's tons, yeah. and that's a lot of kendamas or packages whatever that are now 
I think they there was a ninety one there it was it was down to ninety five percent lower flights uh, two weeks ago and it's now down it's back up to ninety one percent but imagine ninety one percent less flights being yeah. or I guess seats being sold which I don't know that that necessarily translates to ninety one percent less flights but imagine that many less flights happening meaning that many it's it's that much harder <laughs> to get packages on those flights and online orders have increased so they're experiencing almost mm-hmm. double the amount of orders with half not, not even half 90 percent less <laughs> uh that's crazy i actually didn't know that about commercial flights but you know ups fedex they have their own planes um whereas usps I, i've never seen a u.s postal service plane so that makes sense you know Working with Delta, United, yes, and DHL and all them, they still do contract a little bit with those companies, but it's not near. I mean, they have their own planes for the most part. They would just use their own planes. Yeah, so that that's kind of yeah. I, so other, I had someone from Germany tell me about that. So I was like, oh, interesting. Glad we're switching. <laughs> like, yeah. I, and it's for them. It's like for the uh, indefinite future, which is everything. You know, everything is the indefinite future is like this. So I, you know. I'm planning a wedding yeah. right now, and I'm like, I'm having to work <laughs> with all the all the venue people. To be like, hey, if uh, we don't know what's gonna happen, so are you gonna be able to move or whatever? And everything's indefinite. Both of you guys right? are right. Yeah, I me already, and I already Fish. pushed mine out like a year. I'm not even gonna deal with it this year. So. Oh really? Both the Nick. Don't make me nervous, Nick. <laughs> I know this is a Kandama podcast. We don't need to go into my marriage planning. <laughs> it's coronavirus is messing with Damas and people's weddings. So don't go on FKC and complain that your Dama took two weeks. Some of us are having to derail our entire life plan and weddings. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty wild when you. Up. Yeah, it is pretty wild how you know somebody will email and be like, "Hey, my." Uh, it's been it's been a week and a half. Where's my condom? I'm like, I'm like, dude, like restaurants are still shut down. <laughs> like I don't what like, I know Georgia and Tennessee are actually both opening in that, um, still in that um that, that process right phase one whatever. Our two states are the only two states I, I think. I mean others may be starting, but like everywhere else in the U S. and internationally are still very much closed down. So essential yeah, only but other than like shipping and stuff how, how has it affected you and Seoul? um it, so with yeah shipments like increased demand for products uh low inventory and also delayed production times it's uh almost two times longer to produce stuff because everyone's producing more like everyone uh the factory's understaffed a bit you know just to you know stay in a uh, safe work zone everybody giving you updates on that or are you kind of just waiting the early on because you know um our kanamas are manufactured in china a lot of they got hit Mm -hmm. really early on in in like the whole january february right and they got through recovery numbers down kind of like building those antibodies and everything um and so they they kind of got through that early on, and then we started going through it, and um, the whole process has been pretty pretty wild. You know, we watched it happen there. We're like, oh, that's crazy. And then it happens here. We're like, wait a second. Why didn't we see that coming? Uh, but, yeah. yeah, so manufacturing times have slowed down, which means kanamas take longer to get produced. Um, stuff that we mm-hmm. started making in December that should have arrived in, you know, early February, late January are now we're arriving in like April. 
um, and then even early May. So um, everything kind of timeline getting delayed, but as far as um, you know, sales and everything have been increased because people want Kanamas yeah. and it's, Sweets Kanamas went live on local news in Minnesota and like they said as well, like sales have been up, things have been great. Uh, and so I, I think it's safe to assume for every Kendama brand um, and, you know, online businesses as well, sales wise, everything has been better and um, production wise, inventory wise, things are not doing so well. It's, it's a good problem, but um, everything, yeah, everything's going well. I, I think it would be hard right now for a Kendama company to be struggling um, aside from if, you know, somebody was directly affected by the virus or, um, you know, mm -hmm. family members and stuff like that. But my, my family's doing well, my friends and, um, in my area and everyone seems to be doing all right. Um, on our end. That's good. Yeah. And I hope the same for you guys and everyone listening as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Working for all, all my family's good and I'm good. Yeah. Ironically, George's, even though George's kind of not doing the greatest on how they handle things, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I live, I live in Kentucky yeah, I live in Kentucky, but I'm on the state line of Tennessee and I actually do all my shopping and uh, like groceries and food and everything in Tennessee. And Tennessee and Georgia are like, I mean, they're like pretty much as far as things go, have been handling the situations very similar. Like my gym has been open for three weeks now and this is May 23rd, you know, so, you know first week of may they were open i'm like this is a gym where people go and sweat and breathe heavy and like <laughs> yeah and so you know it's not the same of course but uh i'm like i have friends who are like i cannot leave my house unless i go to the grocery store you know it's like meanwhile tennessee's like our gym is open i'm like hello <laughs> but i i haven't seen any direct you know correlation as far as like higher numbers or anything so it's interesting man there's so much unknown uh so you know you can just only hope, hope for the best stay positive i definitely uh, miss yeah. our the in-person part of kendama it's it's oh, tough to man. lose it like our yeah. jams we would all be driving right now probably we'd be in the car driving to meet up with each other for our sign yep. jams but you know, instead, mm -hmm. in an hour, we're going to be back on Zoom jamming with homies and, like, the sweet, <laughs> yeah. the sweet stream tonight. I'm sure I'll see all you guys in the chat. Like, it's yeah. good to have all that. And I'm mm -hmm. glad that the Dhamma community, much like any community, work community, school communities, have had to adapt and make it work. But it's it's been cool to see people hosting the online stuff. Sweets has jumped in and has a bunch of different versions of online streaming and even just you guys keeping up with the Instagram and having your pros out getting clips and posting them, I think it's yeah. just super important right it's now. It's pushing so. the people to do things that they wouldn't have done before. And that's super yeah. cool to see. Yeah. We're lucky Agreed. that our hobby can be done at home by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> do it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Play every day. Chad, we were going to talk about another thing, but uh, we've... I think we're half hour on two hours right now. Um, oh, yeah. say we've been nerding out. We've been jamming. Yeah. If we were the dominant, <laughs> Rob would be saying we've been nerding out. Yeah. Nerding out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got, yeah, I got an hour and 10 on my, my recorder, which is five minutes behind. But Hour 10? I'm hour 40. Yeah, I'm hour, hour 40. 40. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I missed, but hopefully, hopefully I got everything. Any, anyways, the, that just means we have to have another 
you have to have you on the podcast again. I mean, mm-hmm. we have Absolutely. such good conversations. Yeah. I think but, it would um, be cool, like maybe uh, ATLO, some somewhere around there. You know, we could sit down with Lyndon and Alex, and you know, chop it up again. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm down. Hopefully, you know, in person. That's the goal. We're back, back at it. Looking forward to events happening again. And uh, yeah, well, thanks for having me on again. I I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. And uh, Kendama is great. Expect <laughs> to see my name pop up in three orders soon. Coffee today, one up Ken's, and then I'm I'm gonna try for the collab. So we'll see. You might see my name pop through a few times. Sounds sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, same for me. I'm I'm in my mind. I've pre-ordered that <laughs> that round two Kendama, and when I saw that this morning, you've got new coffee on there. I'm like perfect. I needed some soul blend. So. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, it's the weekend now, so I'll uh, if I don't I don't think we'll have we might do Ken's Monday. I'll see you, but um, round two will be later in the week, so I might combine that coffee and Ken order for you. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. do that. Don't worry. Yeah. All right, Chad. Yeah, thank you so much, Aiden, Nick. I guess we got all yep. our yep. such an awesome conversation out this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I want to thank everybody that's been listening to this. For now, that's going to be Jordan Canal Players out. Peace.